Hey, it's Alexander J, the host of the NBA Recap Show here on the Mojo Sports Network. Uh, today's show is three days out from the start of the NBA season, so it's a, an awards prediction show. Really fun, full crew back together. We also recorded a fantasy draft for those of you interested in fantasy or not. It's a complete meltdown. One of the four of us knew what we were doing, and we just, it's a schmuzzle. So that's a video that's available on the Mojo Sports Network's YouTube page. I'll leave a link in the description uh, if you're a fantasy NBA head or if you just want to see a disaster. I recommend checking that out. Here's today's show. Welcome back to the NBA Recap Show. There is about three days left till the NBA season starts proper, and we have a full squad and a coach. There's six of us here for a awards preview show. I'm your host, Alexander J from B-Ball Bites. With me, I've got Perth's Yuri Bilsic, the mini basketball encyclopedia, the biggest Celtics homer I know, Tom Dev, joining us from international waters today, the COO of Ben McQueen, CEO of Mojo Sports Network, Ben McQueen, Julian Balthasar, back for the first time in a couple of months, and Shepparton's favorite son, Sports Confidential's Jack Brophy. Yuri, how are you? Great, Alex, and we've got the full crew back together, and we're always here, right, just Really pinching the nails for the season to start. Can't wait for it. Tom, Mr. International, joining us from overseas today. Yes, no, over in India. So scanning a different kind of curry, but uh, going well. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> how are you, mate? <laughs> good, good to be back. Like you said, full crew, and I reckon I'll be coming off the bench with uh, the talent we've got on today. Jules, I haven't seen you in a couple of months. It's very good to see you, my friend. I've been listening to every show. Um, I look forward to it. Talking predictions today. I put all my predictions into a multi and it equaled 7,001 odds. So, mate, I, like- <laughs> I'll touch on mine in a second. Mine were $266,000 odds. So, <laughs> I really went over the top. Ben, the COO, good to have you back, mate. How are you? I appreciate the invite and good to be part of the full house today, boys. All right. Today, we are going to discuss all the major awards Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple there. And then our finals prediction. We all watch a metric shit ton of basketball. So, uh, look, we're not guaranteeing this is going to happen, but it's fun to discuss. I don't even know where to start. Um, rookie of the Year is probably one of the most exciting Rookie of the Year matchups we've had. Um, Jack, I'm going to pick on you. Talk us through Rookie of the Year. I've got some odds in front of me. I've got sports bet open just if we have to refer to odds. But talk to me through what's your pick of Rookie of the Year. Well, it's absolutely low-hanging fruit, but I'm going to go Victor Weminiana. Um, I just think... Obviously, overseas, we've seen it now in the preseason games. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's legit. So uh, the only thing will be health and potentially, yeah, yeah, health and maybe getting rested for games. But for me, Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, he's paying $1.72 there. Tom, your turn. Rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I feel like we're all going to be the same. I've got Wembanyama as well. Uh, if you really need convincing, go watch that about 90-second block in that uh, preseason game against Golden State yesterday where he blocks, threes, steals, everything. Uh, he's going to win it. Unless he gets injured, he's going to win it. Jules, any thoughts? Are you sticking with Wemby or going in another direction? No, I'm definitely sticking with him. I think exact same as Tom. If he doesn't get injured, there's no way he doesn't win it. Yuri? Yeah, likewise too. I think also Greg Popovich's system and they haven't had this type of big man since, of course, the Tim Duncan days and David Robinson. And it's just going to fit into the system perfectly. I think as well with Keldon Johnson there too and Trey Jones. And we've already seen the synergy that those two have developed right away, especially last weekend against the Miami Heat where Trey threw up that just unbelievable pass to the sky and Wemby took care of the rest. It's those plays which are going to be so destructive to how opposition teams guard him. And we've already seen already, even though the three ball hasn't quite fallen at this stage and 
they'll come in time sooner and later because we've already seen that in spades. But the other part I think to it as well is that it just makes the game so easy in a way of his jumpers. And it's crazy, I think we it? talked about last week, right? It's almost like Brook Lopez where he barely has to raise his feet off the ground just to get his jump shot off because that's just – it's so easy for him. It's even like with Kristaps Porzingis as well when he has a smaller guy on him. It's going to be the same thing as well for Wemby when those mismatches come out in the post and he takes full advantage of it. So I think, again, with the system that the Spurs have got with Pop and this rejuvenation now that the Spurs have – Got the number one draft pick right for the first time since 1997. I think it's going to tailor in really nicely to how the team goes, even though, yes, they may not make the play, but that's the sort of the unknown with the Western Conference this year. So everything you've just said also applies to Chet Holmgren. Ben, are you going to pick Wemby as well? I am, I am going but to I do Wemby. have some... Sorry, yeah, Yuri, I've got you as Wemby, Ben. Yeah, so nothing exciting for me, but I will give you some sleepers. So I think that either of the Thompson twins particularly are sore in Detroit. I think Detroit are going to have a good year. Excellent. So I wanted to mention that some, too. Jack Brophy, the, yeah. the Detroit sad, sad man of the last couple of years. He's flexing behind the camera. And also um, Sasha Vazenkov coming over as well, probably the most NBA-ready player in terms of experience. So don't forget about him as well. Where's he playing, Ben? Sacramento. Exactly. Some good time there. Look, I don't want to make us all pick Wemby. I don't want to bet on injury either. Uh, looking at the other options here, Scoot Henderson at 550. There's a lot of scoring on Portland. I don't think he can do enough. Brandon Miller, I don't think the Charlotte are going to be good enough. Armin Thompson, I don't think he's going to get the ball enough in Houston. So Chet Holmgren, $4.50. I think I'll pick Chet. Chet's not as good as Wemby, but he's pretty bloody close, I think. So I'll, I'll be different there and pick Chet. $4.50, so not terrible odds either. Um, shout out Keontae George. They love him in Utah. He's paying $61. So if you think Utah could use some scoring, then keep an eye there. All right, most improved. Jack, I'm going to throw it back to you. Um, who have you got penciled or penned in for most improved this year? Well, I'll ask your question with a question and think, who do you think I'm going to go with here? Uh, it might be a guy who plays for the Detroit Pistons, if I had a guess. Bang on, Kay Cunningham. Uh, obviously, he got restricted last year and he played the 12 games. He averaged 19, 6 and 6 at that stage. So I think with him coming back and hopefully with a full season under Monty Williams, uh, he's paying about $14 last time I checked. So I reckon he'll go all right. All righty. Tom, who are you picking most improved? Uh, we discussed this last week. I'm going to go with Tyrese Maxey. I think Harden's going to get traded soon. He's going to get to run this offense. If you've watched him in the preseason, he's so good when he runs that offense because he's just so lightning quick. And, I mean, he averaged 20.3 points per game and 3.5 assist points per game. That's going to skyrocket next next uh, next season, you'd expect. And, you know, he's going to be their second-best player behind a beat. And if 76ers get a three seed, it's going to be hard to argue against him not being the most improved player. He's $11 too, so him and Mikael Bridges are the favourites this year. Uh, Jules, any thoughts for most improved? You're on sorry, mute, mate. Sorry, I'm going to go with a roughie just to keep it interesting. Um, 34 to 1 at the moment, his odds are. Desmond Bain, I just think... I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I just think without Morant in the side, I think he averages close to 25 or so. He gets lots of rebounds and assists and obviously three-pointers as well. And obviously, he'll have to carry the offense a lot this year. And... Of course, we can't just go off the preseason, but he started on fire in his preseason games as well. So that's a roughie for those watching at home. I don't know if you've been listening to my show on Beeble Bites. I had Ben on a couple of days ago for our Grizzlies preview, and I was glowing in my praise for Desmond Bain. I think he's an all-star sleeper this year. Ben doesn't think that's going to happen. But Ben, who have you got for most improved? <laughs> I love how you completely taken away my point, though. I love Desmond as well there. But, <laughs> uh, and, and just to Jules's point, I think the only thing why I wouldn't pick 
uh, Bane for that is just because I think he's too good already pretty much and what he's already shown. So um, no, I think he's going to have a really good year and you know, really shine when Jar's still out. But I'm going to go with a Pistons theme as well. So I'm going to go with Kate. I think he's just an exceptionally good player. I think the Pistons will pick up some more wins this year and that's going to the, the voters love wins essentially. So I think that'll help. And I think Mark Fultz as well uh, with the Magic, yeah. I think. Again, with that theme of movement, you know, positive movement for the team that the, the voters will like. So, a bit of value with that one. Markel Fultz, that is a real roughie. I don't even know if he's on my list. Um, Yuri, who have you got for most improved? Yeah, had the same as well as Julian, Alex, and Desmond Bain. And considering what he did, of course, last season, averaging over 20 points per game, shot basically more than 40% from three-point territory. And he almost averaged, what, 50, 40, 90, right, which is exceptionally hard to do. Only... Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash come to mind, which average, which have averaged 50, 40, and 90 in the season. And I think as well, Memphis's offense is already pretty stellar. And unlike back in the grit and grind days where it was really grinded out offense, but they always have got – well, now they've got more offensive options at their disposal. And yes, despite Morant missing the first 25 games to start this season, definitely believe Bank and carried the big load as well. And I think teams are – going to start to recognize a bit more that they have to pay attention, especially to his three-point shooting, and you can't leave him that wide open considering he takes more than, what, five-and-a-half three-point attempts per game, and he'll make most of them anyway. And I think that's the big part. I think as well, Memphis, we've seen them win 50-plus games for the last couple of seasons in a row now, and just him quietly going under the radar too has probably just encapsulated what they've done as a team, right, since the rebuild all the way back in 2017-18. And I think it just really typifies where I think the team's at, but also him as well too, because he's one of the biggest shooting guards, right? We talk about probably Joe Johnson a long time ago where he was, what, 6'7", 240 pounds. He sort of fits that prototype mold in a way too, even though he can play him at small forward when the Grizzlies do decide to go small ball by inserting Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five. But... Wade does a shooting guard as well. It definitely poses a lot of problems for the opposition's shooting guard when they have to guard him on a nightly basis. So Desmond Bain for mine, Alex, and I think... We all Memphis love him. You can really him. tell we all yeah. have so much praise for Desmond Bain. I'm going to go off board because I think Bain might be too good already. I think he's going to get some all-star nods this year. Um, Cade's another one who I think he is that good. He just didn't play this year. And I'd like to turn to you guys. I have two guys tied, two roughies that I can't split. Tyrese Halliburton. He might be too good already. He falls into that Desmond Bain mode where he's had three or so seasons. I think last year, 20 points a game, shot 50% from the floor, over 10 assists a game, one and a half steals. He's got a couple of extra pieces in Indiana, so I think there might be some more eyes on him this year and the world kind of finds out how good Halley is. The other roughie I've got is Franz Wagner in Orlando. And Orlando has kind of been this team building for a while. Franz is probably the best player on that team for now, although I think Paolo Banquero in a couple of years might eclipse him. Um, help me, because I don't know who to pick. They're both pretty long odds. Tyrese at 51, Franz at 26. Somebody help me. I think I, both I, of I them. Think Hall- I think Halliburton's already at that sort of stage. That I think he's too about. good. If you're already averaging over 10 assists, maybe potentially, unless he nearly goes to that next category, which then you'd say would be MVP category. Yuri? Yeah, I think with Franz too as well, with the teammates he has at the Orlando Magic, Alex, Alex as well, with. Wendell Carter Jr. there, who's a very good center and also a very good passing big man for his size too. I think he averages over three and a half assists per game. Of course, with Bancaro there, Fultz, which we saw in the second half of last season, just have an unbelievable transcendency, right, with his scoring production and his jump shot looked so much better than what it was in his probably first two years, of course, because he was dealing 
with our shoulder issue for that period of time. And that's a polite just, way of putting it: the shoulder issue. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he had the yips, they, but yeah, he did. Yeah, he had to. It was something with his shoulder that had to fix up with his action. So he's done tremendously well to turn that around and yeah, really improve upon on the offensive end and. It's really hard to sort of distinguish, though, between those two because there's such central pieces, right? Because both teams are going to improve this season and whether Orlando gets to 40 wins or not, Yeah, maybe. the reason I and picked Franz Indiana, on that, yeah, you're, ex- you're exactly right. And the reason why I picked Franz on that team is they've got so many guards that I don't, don't think will get consistent minutes. They've just drafted two guards. They've already got um, Sargs and uh, Mikel Foltz and all that kind of thing. So I think the focus will be in that front court um, and Franz played fantastic for Germany. So I'm going to lean into Franz Wagner for my most improved. All right, moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. This was an interesting one. I've got the stats up in front of me. Um, Jack, have you got a favorite? Have you got a repeater? Who have you got for Defensive Player of the Year? I've got a fresh one, and I think he took, a massive, he took a massive step last year. And if he can amplify that and go again this year, I think Nick Claxton um, can win it for the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, depending on how the team goes, and obviously it's a bit volatile uh, considering that they've got such a new team. But he was immense last year, and I reckon he can go to another ceiling again this year. Off the top of my head, I think he had two blocks a game too, so it wasn't yeah. too bad at all. $23 odds, that's not bad. Tom, Defensive Player of the Year, which direction are you going? I will admit, Don't pick Drew Holiday. Don't pick Drew Holiday. You've, 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 got me, you've got me pegged from the get-go. This is a bit of a homer pick here. But look, not to spoil the rest of my predictions, this is my only Celtics pick. So, But look, if Marcus Smart won it a couple of years ago, Drew Holiday's a better version, basically. Um, the Celtics will probably have one of the best defences in the league and it will be spearheaded by Holiday. And he won't be as important as other candidates, uh, his average-wise, but I think what he'll do off the ball and his switchability will just make such a difference on this team. And also, don't forget about the whole narrative part of it. I reckon halfway through the season when he's near an all-star guard, everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, the Bucks traded him. Like, why did they do that? And he's going to get a bit of a campaign behind him. I think the problem with Drew is he might find it difficult to win Defensive Player of the Year off the bench, Tom. I don't, don't even get me started. Horford's already gone to the bench. We, we, we've worked that out already. Jules, uh, what are your thoughts on the most oh, the, the Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going to be pretty boring and just choose the favourite, Jaron Jackson. I think if you're averaging three blocks and one steal a game, which you probably will keep up this year as well, I think it's hard to go past that. But Notable mentions would probably be Victor Wembanyama. If he, you know, he might average the most blocks this year, and a lot of hype around him will probably get him to be a bit favorable and winning that. And then also Rudy Gobert at nineteen dollars. It's probably the highest he's ever been in terms of defensive player of the year. He only averaged one point four blocks last year compared to two point seven two seasons ago. So if he bounces back, that he might come in in value. Does does he win it? Maybe not, but want to come in the odds. And he's definitely not on the floor for his offensive abilities. I don't know if you guys saw the highlight already today where. Yeah, I'll just leave it there, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Only plays one side of the ball. Yuri, Defensive Player of the Year. Probably a bit of a left-field one here. I think Kevon Looney for Golden State. Interesting. For mine. And yes, it is an interesting one, and depending on how many minutes he does play too. But we saw in that first-round series against the Sacramento Kings, right, where he completely dominated DeMarcus Sabonis, right? His rebounding, I think he had 21 rebounds. Yeah, I think it was game three or game four at the top of my head and was such an integral piece on the glass for them. And he just does all those little intangibles, right, seeing those high screens. And even though he's not going to get those offensive touches, but he's always around there near the glass ready for those offensive putbacks. And he's just a real sort of glue guy in the way. To everyone at Golden State talks about Draymond Green as being the heart and soul, 
but Looney anchors that defense, and especially when the Warriors are undersized. And yes, although they have acquired Dario Saric this season to back him up, he is really important to how they sort of defensively structured too and how they want to get back to where they were from two seasons ago, right, when they won their fourth championship in eight seasons. And he really does fly under the radar for Monarchs. Just watching some of his games and what he does too, it's it doesn't really get sort of recognised what he does on a consistent basis, but it's those plays alone which he does which sets up Steph Curry, which sets up Clay Thompson, which sets up Andrew Wiggins on the perimeter and think he's going to do it once again. And again, depending on how many minutes he does play, if he consistently performs as well and Golden State has a wins more than 50 games this season, then why not? He shouldn't be in consideration for... You're going to look like a genius. If, if this comes off you, you're going to look like an absolute genius because he's not even on the board available on Sportsbet. It goes all the way down to Tari Eason and LeBron James at $326 odds. I don't hate the pick. I'm just saying you're going to look like an absolute genius. Uh, ben, who have you got pegged in? Thank you very much. I have to ring up Sportsbet and get a, a custom market made for him there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the favourite for defensive player of the year in Triple J, I can sort of see with Jamarant being out for those first 25 games, I can see him having to carry a lot of the offense. And I think that might hurt his sort of two way production a little bit. So he probably, you know, statistically from last year, he looks like a bit of a shoe in. But I think that with that extra load that he's going to have to carry, that could be a little bit more difficult. So I'm going to pick Evan Mobley, but then I'm also going to have a bit of a sleeper in Jakob Pertle with that new coaching scheme down there as well. So you're picking Triple J or Evan Mobley? No, so I'm not going to pick Triple J. I'll pick Evan Mobley. Okay. So I locked in pick with Pertle as a bit of value. Interesting. Um, look, I think Victor Wembanyama will be the best defensive player in the year this league. This, in the league this year, excuse me. I do worry about him playing enough games, so I have Giannis penciled in. I think without Drew Holiday there, you're going to see a lot more of that funneling through to Giannis as the four man or even the five man in smaller lineups. He's got more to prove this year. Doesn't have the same scoring weight on him if Chris Middleton and Damian Lillard stay healthy. So I think Giannis. Uh, $9, I was surprised he was that short, um, is a good shot. I wanted to shout out, and I really wanted to pick Herb Jones from the Pelicans. $51 odds. I think this is the year Herb Jones kind of grows that status as a defensive steward as well. So I'm going to pick Giannis, but just shout out Herb Jones. Great name too, Herb. Sixth man of the year. Jack, we'll start with you. Well, continuing with the Bucks and their crazy eyes of what they call Bobby Portis, I think that he is the absolute epitome of doing it. A lot of the six-man plays actually start in the lineups and that, that can affect them in in their terms. We've seen it with Brogdon. We've seen it with Westbrook without years past. And even Chris Paul, who's on the list as well, he's probably going to start a lot of the games as well. So Bobby Portis, he's renowned for being a great six-man. He might start some games as well, but I think for me, he's a shoe in That's a great pick. Back-to-back, I think, if I'm not wrong there, Yuri. Uh, Tom, who are you picking six-man of the year? You're on mute. Again, we're professionals. I'm, I'm, I'm back, I'm back. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Chris Paul. I actually don't think he will be able to start. I think once Green gets back from that injury, they're going to have to put Paul on the bench because it's going to be a bit too small with him starting. Um, he'll get to run a lot of minutes, though, with Curry and Clay and be the main ball handler, so expect so many assists coming in. And in that second unit, he's basically going to be the primary scorer, really, besides Kaminga. They don't really have anyone on there, so I, I think he's going to have a really good stats off the bench and he'll probably get about 25 minutes a night just saving him up for the playoffs. I think you're exactly right. If you can put that ego aside, that's something the Warriors needed desperately was leadership and direction with that bench. 
Um, Chris Paul, the fourth favorite at $15 odds so far. All right, Jules, who have you got as uh, your sixth man of the year? Yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Jan Wood. From Lake- <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's a bit of a roughie again. I think I just God, like the I've value missed you. there. <laughs> I think I just like the value there um, and the fact that obviously Anthony Davis won't string together a full season. So he could be one of those players that starts, you know, in the second unit and then makes his way into the starting lineup. Um, here and there. I've, I've only seen a, a few of his games in the preseason, but I know that he's very, very aggressive um, on offense and obviously can defend as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he can take up that award. But, yeah, obviously Chris Paul, I think, as well. I'm just looking up to see if um, Christian Wood has a guaranteed contract for next year because that might lean into your favor, Jules. Um, blah, 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 player option next year, so he does have that player option. He can definitely pull in the counting stats as well. All right, who have I missed? Yuri, let's go. Six man of the year. Yeah, got Bobby Portis to win it this year, Alex. Back to back. And we've seen oh, not back to back because Malcolm Brogdon won six oh, man of the year excuse me, last yeah. season. I think Portis was runner up at top five My apologies. Or third top in three. the six man of the year voting last season. Yeah, definitely with Portis, right? This is the flexibility that the Bucks have had since Bobby joined the team ahead of the 2020-21 season that they can start finish him at the end of games if they decide to leave Brook there, depending on how well Portis does play. And we saw that right in Game 5 of the 2022 Eastern Conference semifinals against the Boston Celtics, where then coach Mike Budenholzer instilled a lot of faith in him down the stretch as well because Portis's production was so big, especially those couple of big offensive rebounds he had, had down the stretch as well. One was off a missed free throw too, which reclaimed the reclaimed Milwaukee back the lead. And it's those just intangibles he brings too, right? And the fans have endeared to his spirit, his all-out energy, his heart and soul plays. It's everything that he's brought. And I think he's also been very vocal about his time at Milwaukee too and just the city embracing him because we knew, what, six years ago or whatever, it was that dust-up between him and Nikola Mirotic right at the Chicago Bulls training practice and thought at the time as well that sort of his career was probably not going in the direction they'd hoped for and a new change of scenery was going to help him rejuvenate his career and it certainly has and this is I think a very good part as well with what the Bucks can do this season is that they can start well finish him at the end of games as said but also those bigger lineups as well which they've had tremendous success with with as we've spoken about Giannis at three Portis at four Lopez at five play Middleton back at two and Lillard at the point guard spot those are the options I have when it comes down to crunch time to really sort of fill up that anchor in the interior and make it really difficult for teams to penetrate the lane and he does a really good job of alternating shots too even though he's not wouldn't say an elite defender but his all that energy though really helps Brook and really helps Giannis out and really sort of sparks the team into life when they need that boost for mine Alex so that's why I've got him winning six man in he basically almost averaged what a double double last season essentially and any candidates on your home Chicago Bulls? Is there anyone there who can play basketball on the bench? Or are you just going off board? Yeah, so I think Kobe White might be a bit of a sleeper, actually. That's not my official pick, though. So I think Chris Paul, just with that motion and the IQ that just resonates throughout Golden State and that whole organization will, you know, put him in a good spot to win that award. And I think Drew, just because of how many wins the Bucks are going to get, I think they'll be one of the best three teams in the NBA. So official picks, Chris Paul, Drew's got a good chance, and Kobe White's my sleeper. Yeah, Tom, is Drew actually going to start? Because I want to pick Drew, but I'm not going to if you're going to tell me he's going to start. No, he's going to start. It's going to be him and White in the backcourt. We'll go Pazingas at the five. And the only time one of White or Holiday will come off the bench is if we're playing a team with a good big man like the Nuggets or the Sixers. 
Okay, well then I'll go with my homer pick. I'm going to pick Gary Trent Jr. from the Raptors. Um, he started 40 games last year out of his 70 odd he played, 17 and a half points per game, 44% from the floor. I think they brought in a couple of guards that might outrank him, like Grady Dick. They've got Javon Freeman Liberty, both rookies who might get a bit of playing time as the Raptors try and figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, so a bit of a sleeper pick. I'm not even sure he can pick him. $23 odds, I think, on sports bet. Interesting, none of us picked the top three favorites in Emmanuel Quickly, Norman Powell, or Malik Monk. Um, any thoughts about those three from Tom, Jack, Ben, Yuri? Or Jules? Let me not leave out Jules. No, nah, yeah, all right, no one cares. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, just got one on Alex for Malik Monk as well. I think just the probably the scoring with De'Aaron Fox and DeMarta Sabonis and Harrison Barnes at times and Kevin Herter probably does outweigh Monk's prospects of potentially winning the six-man award unless, of course, he does finish games. That's probably the other part to it as well. But I think what Sacramento is trying to do more this season is have more of an emphasis on getting better defensively because they're what, essentially a bottom 10 defensive team, which probably didn't help their cause, although offensively they were the best out of the 30 teams. That's probably one consideration to look at as well, probably why maybe Malik Monk might not get six-man of the year. Norman Powell, probably the same thing as well with the Clippers, considering the amount of offensive output they have there, depending on whether Paul George and Kawhi Leonard stay healthy too and Russell Westbrook on his new role there and Terrence Mann and the others there too as well. And the other one... Westbrook, $51 odds. That's a Uh a deep cut. Well, there we go, right? Nas Reed, I think is interesting, 51. Peyton Pritchard, 51. There's some value at 51. I mean, if you think Jonathan Kaminga is really, really good, but... Maybe we best leave that in the dust. All right, um, Jack, my question for you is coach of the year, if it's not Monty Williams, was giving him the largest contract in the history of the NBA mis- a mistake? Yeah, I think you bang on with that. But for me, it's not. Uh, it could be Quinn Snyder and it's either he's going to be the coach of the year or he's going to be the worst coach of the year. And it's, <laughs> it's, that's, that's the way I see it because if you can figure out what's going on with Murray, Young, um, the list that they sort of had, how – sort of shaken up and volatile the list can be. Uh, if he can get that sorted and really get them to be a playoff team, I think he can win it. But at the same time, it could blow up and it could be the worst thing ever. Sticking with Atlanta, can I get a show of hands for everyone who thinks DeJounte Murray will still be on Atlanta by the end of the year? I know we're an audio podcast. I got Ben, Jack, and Yuri think he's going to be on that. So um, Tom, Jules, and myself think DeJounte Murray. Gonski, Tom, who's your coach of the year? Don't be a homer. No, I, honestly, I'm being the complete opposite of a homer here, and I'm picking uh, Darvin Ham from the Lakers. Hey. Um, I think he's kind of like Ime Adoka's, where you know he started off his you know, coaching career quite poorly, made some bad mistakes, and then kind of came into it, worked out all the kinks, and then got out to it towards the end of the, probably one of the best coaches in the playoffs last year. And now he gets to start the year with Hachimura, Vanderbilt, gets Russell, whether that's actually going to help. Um, he's also gained Gabe Vincent. Uh, Prince and then Wood and plus a healthy AD and LeBron and a much better Reeves. I think they could easily finish the one or two seed and they'll have a strong championship uh, chance, which is why I think he'll be coach of the year. He's outside the top 10 in betting as well, so it's not a bad pick at all. Jules, who is your coach of the year candidate? I'll be honest, as a fantasy player and stats man, I don't pay a lot of attention to coaches, but I'm going to just throw Frank Vogel's name out there because, I mean, even I could win coach of the year if I was coaching Durant, Beal and Booker. So that's it's not a bad bet at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yuri, who have you got for coach of the year? 
I've got Chris Finch, the Minnesota Timberwolves for mine, Alex. And in our preview, we spoke about probably last season how it didn't quite synergize together with Towns being out for exactly four months with that severe calf strain and trying to really build that tandem with Rudy Gobert and, of course, Anthony Edwards had that breakout year. I think as well, staying healthy, Nas Reed too there and Mike Conley, who's just so reliable, right, with his veteran presence, but he's shot-making too when it comes down the stretch. He's always a reliable jump shot and you can always count upon him as well, especially the partnership him and Rudy Gobert have when they were playing together at the Utah Jazz. It just feels though this may be the time where, okay, enough's enough and the shackles are unleashed, right? They've got the defensive capabilities. Of course, Carl Anderson and he'll most likely come off the bench too and I think there's definitely something within this team, right, that they could get close to 50 wins. It may be 47, 48, 49 wins, and that should help Chris Finch as long as they defend consistently, right, Alex, because those first, well, three months, probably all the way until maybe the end of February was a bit sort of hit and miss at the best of times. They really started to get it clicking together by March and really made that push all the way into the playing tournament and then all the way through to the playoffs rather than the first round as the number eight seed. But if they do start well this season, right, and everything goes to script and, of course, Carl Anthony Towns produces what he normally does produce anyway offensively and there's also a bit more accountability on the defensive end too because he definitely, well, does have the tools. He's a solid enough shot blocker. It's just more about those concentration lapses I think he has as well on the defensive end and not leaving it so much up to Rudy Gobert to having to try and clean up the boards and clean up the block shots too. And I think if they really get those pieces going together, and those two especially, then they can really make some noise and I think that can propel Chris Finch, who's a good coach anyway, what he's done with the Timberwolves since he took over, well, three seasons ago, right, to have to make the playoffs in 2022 and last season, I think they can take the next step from on. And Coach of the Year, who have you got? So I think it's hard to go past Missoula and Vogel. They're just going to have insane teams at their disposal, so it's hard to go past them. But I think if we look at the teams and you know the coaches that have been rewarded in the past by the voters, I think it's those teams that disappoint or are in disappointing situations and then rise up. So I think Quinn Schneider and then Monty Williams as well in Detroit. I think Detroit are going to have a bit of a bounce-back year and the same with the Hawks, so they're my value picks. You pick one. You can't give me six. There's only room for one. <laughs> I'll go Monty Williams. Okay. Um, I'm quite surprised the top five options in Coach of the Year betting on Sportsbet haven't been mentioned. In reverse chronological order, fifth uh, is Eric Spolstra, Rick Carla. Uh, we did talk about Rick Carla. Joe Maz at 12. Adrian Griffin, the Bucks head coach, 950. I'm actually going to pick the favorite, Mark Daniel from OKC. Uh, with the lineup and the roster that OKC have at the moment, there's only one guy who can kind of go ISO and cook in SGA, the Canadian. I think everyone else uh, is actually a result of really good coaching and length and all these intricate things that happens with that offense. And I think um, having Chet Holmgren, his length and size, unlocks so many possibilities in the coaching sphere. That's top side between Josh Giddy cutting and his hesitation and his pull-ups to Jay Darby and Jay Will. Um, I'm so excited to watch this team and a lot of it, I think, is coaching. So I've got Mark Daniel pegged in. Um, I don't know how to spell his last name, so I'm just going to put Marky D in my little spreadsheet. Okay. This is the time where we talk about our MVP favorites, and I'm going to give you all a little bit of extra time. We don't have to gloss over it so quick because I know you probably want to talk about your picks. Jack, I'll start with you. You can't pick Cade Cunningham. That's my one rule. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Who's your MVP? I'm not picking, I'm not picking Cade Cunningham, but um, 
I'm going to go for probably a, a, a shorter favourite and then a bit of a roughie as well because I think the MVP can be a little bit like that. Okay, feel um, free. Everyone, the- everyone can do the same thing if they want. So for my favourite, I'm going to go obviously with Jason Tatum. I think that um, it's going to be a reflection on the team that it is and obviously Drew Holiday coming in. I think for him, his scoring power could just go through the roof um, and if he can really gel with, um, obviously they've got a little bit of a new lineup, but I just think that he's really starting to hit the peak of the season, uh, a peak of his career, sorry, I should say. And I know it means absolutely nothing in terms of, basketball prowess and what you can do but his all-star game last season and I know I know all-star means absolutely nothing but to play around those sort of a players and like a little bit of an ego thing for me I don't know if it was because I was a big Jason Tatum disliker I won't say the other word for what it is but it's just one of those things I'm like he's sort of coming to fruition now and we've sort of seen it over the, probably the, especially the last two seasons and I think he'll go to the next level this year and my roughie <laughs> this one's this one's a massive roughie in terms of what it is. I think it's about $51. But for me, Zion Williamson, if he can keep himself healthy and have a really, really good season around that team, and I think that that team is so underrated for the different variance, variances of the starting five that they got. They've got a little bit of depth as well. Um, and if people can forget, he can be scary good. Like he can be a 30 and 12 type guy. So, yeah, they're my two picks for this year and, I'd probably lean definitely towards more Tatum than it would be for Williamson, but that's why you make it a roughie. Incredible work there, Tom. Are you happy to hear Tatum or are you going to drop a Tatum as well? I'm not going to drop a Tatum, but it's nice to see Jack's gone from a Tatum hater to, you know, he's seen the light now. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Steph Curry. I, I think this is kind of like a bit of a last dance Warriors where they kind of know that this is going to be their best final shot of winning a title. I think Curry's going to go all out. And I think they know that their mistakes last year where they only got that six seed and they were horrible on the road cost them in the playoffs. So I think they're going to go all out. And I, I reckon he's probably going to average about 32 points per game, seven to eight assists, and then he'll go near the 50-40-90 club. That's my prediction. And he's going to reclaim the mantle as most entertaining player in the league. You got a roughie? Um, I didn't have one prepared, but you know what? Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard as a roughie. I, I reckon he's finally going to be on a team that's probably going to win about 50 to 60 games, and you know maybe he'll take over Giannis in, in a, for a bit period of the season. Okay. Tatum at $8 odds, Curry $13 odds, Jonathan Mitchell $26 odds, so not terrible. Yuri, who has your MVP heart, and have you got a roughie for us? Yeah, I've got Giannis winning MVP. This season, I just feels though after what happened last season, right too, especially in that first round, he hurts his back, he misses what the next couple of games, and it's all really did spur him on considering what happened that first round, losing five games to the eight seed Miami Heat. And when you look at last season's numbers, right, 31 point, 31, I think, point one points per game, 11.8 rebounds, and 5.7 assists. That only needs to speak volumes of what he's done for the last six, seven years, right? And for him to win two MVPs, but also. Just that driving fire from what happened, as mentioned six months ago, whatever, how long it's been, right, to really have this incentive, right? Even though Damian Lillard's there and Chris Middleton's back now and Brooke Lopez is there too, it's more going to be on him, right, to really drive it through. And I think as well, he's going to prove a lot more of those people who, for some reason, whatever or not, keep doubting him. And it's just really peculiar as to why. And he's always found ways to redefine his game too, especially 
what, a few seasons ago, right, when people were saying, oh, he does have a jump shot. Well, guess what? He worked on his turnaround jumper from the left baseline, and he's perfected that now too. And yes, his jump shot is going to be iffy and inconsistent at the best of times, but if he hits most of them than not, then the Bucks offense, which is already dynamic as it is, will just propel to new levels. And I think he's got a real chip on his shoulder, right? He's, he's always had that mentality, Alex, of just not being satisfied whatsoever. You listen to the interviews that he says as well, and it's the same lines of being humble and it's been playing as a team, but he knows deep down as well. If team success comes together and on all lines, like what I did two years ago for the, the size first championship in 50 years, then he's going to be well and truly in the MVP conversation. And the roughy for mine, I think Jimmy Butler, this is right. probably a bit of an outliner in the way too. We saw, of course, him winning most improved play back in 2014-15, but what he has done right throughout. And yes, he did miss time with injuries here and there, but when he averaged more than 20 points per game, six rebounds and five assists and do it on a regular basis too and be that guy that hits clutch shots down the stretch as well, can always be counted upon, not just offensively, but defensively too. I think he's going to really have a big season once again. And if Miami win more than 44 games and get to 50-51 wins, why shouldn't he be in the conversation? Because he's always proven throughout his whole career, right, that underdog mentality that he always thrives through it. There's three guys that are listed at $76 odds. Uh, DeMantis Sabonis, Jimmy Butler, and the third is my roughies. We'll come to him in a second. So I don't think Butler's a bad pick at all. Uh, ben, final, uh, not finals MVP, regular season MVP and a roughie if you have one. Yeah, so it feels cheating to call it a roughie because, you know, it's such a huge name and Tom's already talked about him a bit, but I think Lillard is a little bit of a roughie this season if you look at the odds anyway. So I think, you know, the Bucks are going to be one of the best three teams in the competition. It's going to be easily the best team that Lillard has had around him. And, you know, you look in the past where he's been fifth and sixth in MVP and you know, coming off a season where he averaged 32, seven and a half and five, if he does something similar to that, you know, maybe he gets a little bit less of the ball, but his efficiency is probably going to rise up, then I think that's just a situation to do that. He's a clutch player. You know, the, the media loves him. So I think that factors into the narrative. So I think there's some good value in Lillard there. Rest is a little bit of an issue, but I think he's a solid pick there. But I think my main pick that I'd go with is Devin Booker. So I think the stars are just aligning for him in terms of there's no voter fatigue for him like there is, like you might see with people like Jokic and Embiid. Um, we remember his playoff performances that sort of fresh in the mind, which shouldn't matter at all, but it does seem to just affect the the voters and the way that they cast their votes. He's hitting his prime in terms of age, going to have an exceptional team, probably the best team in the NBA around him. So they're going to have a lot of wins. Durant's going to have some nights off and, you know, they're still going to get a heap of wins. So the, the ball's going to be in hands in, in his hands a lot. So he's my pick for MVP this year. I think they're both great picks. Uh, Jules? Your turn to pick. I, I noticed nobody's mentioned the two favourites for MVP. Yeah. Are you going to pick either one of them? I was about to say the same thing. I will pick, yeah, Jokic, even though um, I, I really like Ben's pick on Booker. I think, yeah, looking at the top 10 um, candidates, a lot of them are su- supported by superstars. Like Giannis now has Lillard, Tatum has Porzingis and Brown and Bede. Well, if Harden plays, he's got him, but he's got that <laughs> fatigue. As Ben talked about, Curry's now got Chris Paul, Thompson as well. And, you know, Booker and Durant might, you know, still votes of each other. So, yeah, I think Jokic will probably mimic what he did last season and the Nuggets as well with their lineup staying very similar. So I don't see why he can't repeat it. And he almost won it last season as well. So I think um, he definitely is favorite for a reason. My roughie was going to be Kawhi Leonard, but I have a feeling, given his odds, that that was someone else's. So I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards um, at $26. I don't think he wins it this year, but I think he will come in um, 
in the odds. I think he's going to score more. He's going to rebound and assist more, and he'll be in the talks for the 2025 MVP. So I'll go with Anthony Edwards. I hope I haven't spoiled it for you, Alex. Jules, talk to me, Kawhi Leonard. Talk to me about your rough. <laughs> talk to me about Kawhi. Well, he was actually going to be my roughie, and then I, I looked at his odds and saw it was $76, and I know you mentioned that before. So I, why don't you talk to me about him? All right, I'll start with the roughie. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard is a fantastic roughie for a multitude of reasons. One, it's so far down the line. Two, he's a guy who's a multiple-time champion, a multiple-time finals MVP. So we know he's got the talent. The injury has always been the problem. I'm just saying, if we look up in January and the Clippers are the two-seed in the West, Who's going to be the all-star on that team? It's not going to be Paul George. It's not going to be, oh, there's some Paul George bus. It's going to be Kawhi Leonard if he can stay healthy. There is nobody in the league who scares me more than Kawhi Leonard except Jimmy Butler. Those are the two guys I know who can just turn it on and take anything away from you. We've seen Giannis is not that guy anymore. Jokic is that dude, 99% of performances. I think it's just a really fun roughie. I'm just hoping. I- I'm not wearing my Raptors Kawhi jersey for a reason. I'm not picking him for my main MVP. That's going to another Canadian. I reckon SGA's got a really good chance. He's $18 odds. He came fifth in MVP voting last year. I'm a little higher on OKC than a lot of people are. But again, he is so far and away the clearest best player on this team. Like to your point, Julian, a lot of these guys in the lineup have all-star level players with them. Like Jokic is got, well, doesn't have an all-star, but Jamal Murray will be an all-star this year. Luca's got Kyrie. Giannis is surrounded. Tatum's surrounded. Embiid is surrounded. Curry, I'm just working my way down. Booker and Kevin Durant t- together. SGA is the only one who at this time is a clear number one. He's a guy who gives me a small amount of Jordan vibes in the way he can get to the hoop, just small. So I'm saying if we see that growth again, I think that's a fun pick as well. Okay. We've all picked their MVPs. There's only one prediction left. It's the finals prediction, East versus West. Jack, we'll start with you. Who have you got pegged in for the finals in the 2023-24 NBA season? Um, well, for starters, I've got Boston Celtics. Uh, obviously, if Tatum's going to have that season that I think he's going to have, I just think that they're proven, they've done it before, they're going to be right up there. So they're going to be very entertaining to watch throughout the year. Um, and I, I just the wins that they've got in the season, obviously the East, I think the top teams, it's obviously a little bit harder now. You've got Milwaukee who's going to be up there. So that's going to make it interesting. Um, another roughie that I've got within there as well, but I still think Boston will take it, is the Pelicans, actually. Their their end of their year last year was um, incredibly good that people forget about. And like I said, if Zion can stay healthy and in shape as well, I think that they could be an absolute smoky. But for me, Boston, get it done. Um, and in the West, I've actually got the Warriors. I think um, what Tom was saying earlier was bang on about Curry having that sort of revenge season. Um, and I think that he'll have a bit of his chip on his shoulder as well and want to go for number five and really push himself into that next stratosphere again. Tom, you've got everything you've talked about today is coming through on Jack's predictions. Who have you got? Yeah, I was tossing up whether I, I, I full-on put on my Celtics jersey here, but I will I will predict the Celtics to make the finals. After watching the preseason game, it is only preseason, but it's so far it is looking the best we've looked at the start of season in a while. Pozingas has just fit in seamlessly. His three-point shooting is uh, astounding. I've never really seen a seven-foot-three guy be able to hit it from so far out. But I do think in the end they will lose in the finals to Denver again. I think they will go back-to-back. I just I just think the Celtics will keep shooting themselves in the foot and they'll take them multiple seven-game series hit the finals. Meanwhile, Denver will just be there probably like a week early and get to rest and Jokic will go out and average 30 and 15 probably. Jules, finals prediction? 
Uh, just Celtics and Suns to me. It sounds very common, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just love the Durant, Beal, Booker combo. I can't get over that. And I love Pazingas as well. So yeah, Celtics, Suns to me. That's going to be a crazy combo for fantasy team fanatics. I think those three scorers, there's only one ball out there. That's going to be interesting. I'll all average over 20, I'm sure, Bill, Durant and Booker. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yuri, finals prediction. Yeah, I've got Bucks versus Nuggets, Alex, and I think Denver are going to do it once more and defy all the odds and those people that keep discounting them and Nikola Jokic and him not being a true MVP and all that blasphemous rubbish in a way, if you want to call it. And I think with the Bucks as well, after, yes, the first round exit and just the last probably couple of seasons, which haven't gone according to plan, and yes, injuries have hit here and there. I think there's going to be a lot of driving motivation to really start afresh as well with Adrian Griffin at the helm and a new system. And I think the new system's got to work out really well for all the players and then they'll be able to conquer through the playoffs as well. There are going to be a few nitty-gritty moments, just like in the African jungle, trying to shred your way through with a machete. But I think they can get through it as well and get to the finals and depending on who wins, have no idea at that stage. But I think it's going to be Nuggets, Bucks for mine. I'm going to piggyback off that. My prediction is Bucks Nuggets. I think these are actually kind of similar teams. You've got the two best players on earth in uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Nikola Jokic. Um, two snipers in Jamal Murray and Damon Lillard, who we know can get it done in the playoffs. And then their third best player on each team is really good as well. So Michael Porter Jr. slash Aaron Gordon or Chris Middleton. So I have that prediction as well. Ben, take us home. What is your finals prediction? Yes, I think just to address the Nuggets a bit, I think, it's hard to go past them. I think that's sort of the mindset that you always have with the defending champions. But if we look at the history of the NBA, unless you're Golden State, then teams don't go back-to-back or back-to-back-to-back that often. So I think that Bruce Brown's a huge loss for Denver as well, but my pick is Milwaukee and the Suns in the finals. I think Milwaukee or Boston's a bit of a coin flip between those two green teams there as to who's going to represent the East. But I think that the Suns' offense is just too good, just too hard to defend. I think the Celtics probably have the best chance of that. I think that the Bucks might just pip them out of the East, but that's my finals matchup, 4-2 to the Suns over the Bucks. And what's the odds that any single one of us were right? What do we know? We're a bunch of... <laughs> we just talk about this for a for fun and slash a living. All right, to recap what's happened today, uh, first of all, if you're still here, consider leaving us a five-star review. Thanks very much. Uh, Tom, your rookie of the year is Wemby. You've got Maxi as most improved. Drew Holiday, Defensive Player of the Year. CP3 for six-man and Coach of the Year, Darvin Ham. You reckon Curry is uh, probably going to win MVP. Lillard, Ruffy, and the finals prediction is Celtics first Denver. How are you feeling about all of those? Yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good overall. Uh, I did whack it into the sports bet multi and I did come out as a, as a pretty big number. Um, I have put a small $1 bet on it and look, I'll make this promise here if it comes up, guys, and Celtics make the finals, I'll pay for us all to go. So we'll see. <laughs> Here's Brian. I've got the same. You know what? I'll make the same bet. I've got my multi in and it's $522,000 off a $2 bet. So if, if that pays off, guys, we're all going. Uh, Yuri, you had Wemby as Rookie of the Year, Desmond Bain as Most Improved, Kevon Looney, a real roughie at Defensive Player of the Year, um, Bobby Porter's six-man coach, Chris Finch from Minnesota, MVP was Giannis and Butler was your roughie, and Bucks first Nuggets, your prediction in the finals. Jules, welcome back to the show. You picked Rookie, Wemby for Rookie of the Year. Desmond Bain, again, most improved. I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend with those two. Jaron Jackson Jr. for Defensive Player of the Year and Christian Wood for the six-man. I kind of think that's an interesting pick. Um, Frank Vogel, the ex-Lakers coach, he's now your pick. Where's Frank again? Why can't I pick where Frank is? 
Phoenix. Phoenix. All right, that's why, because none of that makes any sense to me. Phoenix don't exist to me in my brain. Can I take a 30-second break just to talk about Phoenix? They don't exist to me as a capable basketball team. We've all seen what happened in the finals. They just get blown out by 40 points year after year in important games. And then all of a sudden, they've got Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and the most beautiful jerseys in the league. That's not a fair team, so I'm just not going to look at them until it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. That's my rant on Phoenix. Um, your pick was Celtics first son in the finals and Jokic was your MVP. Anthony Edwards, an interesting roughie. I think that's a good one as well. All right, Jack, Wemby, rookie of the year. Cade Cunningham, that was a bit of a homer pick for most improved, but I don't hate it. Nick Claxton, defensive player of the year for the Nets. Bobby Porter, six man. Quinn Snyder in Atlanta, good pick for coach of the year, depending on how Atlanta go. Your roughie for MVP is a fantastic roughie at Zion Williamson. I hope for your sake and for my sake that comes true because that would mean the best. If Zion's MVP, that means we're going to have a great year of basketball. Uh, but Tatum is your pick and the Celtics first Warriors in the finals. Ben, you picked Wemby as well for rookie of the year. Cade Cunningham for most improved. Evan Mobley, that's a pretty good defensive player of the year pick. Um, sixth man of the year was Chris Paul, am I right? I didn't write that down, but I'm just going off memory. Is that right, Ben? Yep. That is um, Monty Williams in Detroit, coach of the year. Uh, Damian Lillard was your roughie. Devin Booker, the true pick for MVP. And you've got Bucks versus Suns in the finals. And finally, I zigged when you guys zagged Chet Holmgren. They're both, he's the same as Victor Wembenyama. I've picked him for health reasons for rookie of the year, although I think Wemby's probably going to get there. Most improved, I went off board and picked Franz Wagner from Orlando. I've got Giannis as my defensive player of the year. Gary Trent Jr., a bit of a homer pick from the Toronto Raptors for sixth man of the year. Mark Daniel in OKC for coach of the year. SGA for MVP, Kawhi, a fantastic roughie. Thanks, Julian, for letting me have Kawhi. Um, and I've got Bucks and Nuggets to wrap out this season. How does that sound? I think we went bang on an hour. And if anyone has all these payoff, we're all going to the NBA Finals. Can we make that as a collective bet? If anyone puts a dollar on this and it comes off, we're all going. We're getting lots of okays and yeses. All right. Well, if you're still here, thanks very much for sticking around. Um, if you're into the NBL, be sure to check out our NBL recap on the Mojo Sports Network uh, Twitter slash X account every Tuesday by Ben Broker. Thanks very much, Ben. Um, that's it. I don't have a sign-off. I didn't prepare one today. I was like, we're just going to talk hoops for an hour. And a fantastic hour it was. So um, stick with us. Every week here through the NBA season will be the NBA review show. Once again, we come on every week to talk about the highs and lows, the trends, uh, and the interesting news stories of the week. We also hopefully have a fantasy show coming up um, in a couple of days' time. But if we can get the, the technical stuff to work, if that doesn't pay off, then just ignore my last 10 seconds of rambling. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Um, it's been my pleasure. Tom, Jack, Jules, Ben, and Yuri. Cheers, Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Alex. I really butchered that sign-off. I was like, I had notes somewhere and I can't find them. I was like, where's my notes? Where's my notes? Where's my notes? Where's my notes?